Faster than a struggling turtle. More powerful than Gary Rosen. Oh, I can't believe that. Able to leap tall juggalos in a single bound. <laughs> Look, down in the ground, it's a germ, it's a worm, it's 508. Bursting from the subterranean depths of Wormtown like the mighty Shy Halud, it's 508. A show about Worcester. Brendan Millick and your greatest nightmare come to pass. Hey, I totally, <laughs> totally forget about that intro, Mike. Thanks bringing for bringing back the intro. Yeah, it's a brand new year, and it's a, it's a, it's just exactly the same intro. It's not Welcome a brand to new 2020. Intro. How are you? I'm doing okay. This is 508. Hey, all you juggalos, libertarians, eclectic change makers, and passionate Worcesterites. It's January the 29th, 2020, and this is 508, a show about Worcester. Worcester's weekly good faith survey of evidence. <laughs> I'm Mike Benedetti. This is Brendan Malik, and I've been out of town the last couple of weeks, so I'm behind on the last few episodes of Worcester, Massachusetts. It's okay. We paused the uh, we paused the show while you were gone. I mean, I feel like it w- there was a season premiere, though. I'm looking at the headlines. Some things have happened. A <laughs> couple things gone. happened. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was thinking for this week for Worcester in uh, 60 seconds, I would just read some telegramming gazette headlines that caught my eye. And I'm, I'm not going to comment on these. Here we go. Uh, all right, let me set the timer for the show. Oh, we're so polished in 2020. Here it is. Worcester school enrollment sees biggest decline in 12 years. Worcester student suspension rates continue to go down. Plan to move welfare office in Worcester gets pushback. Green Island neighbors say Crompton Park is wrong for skateboard park. Attempted murder charged in stabbing outside Worcester smoke shop. Despite drop in homelessness, advocates say work must be constant. Worcester Roman Catholic Diocese reports nearly $1.5 million deficit. Property transfer puts YWCA on track for Worcester tax deal. Skymark Tower owner buys nearly three nearby parcels for $1 million. Exciting stuff. Any of this stuff grabbing you? Um. Yeah, just more a critique of uh, local uh, media, if you will, as that continues to circle the drain. I, I read this story, the um, the Crompton Park neighbors complaining about the skate park over yes. there. It really, if you read the story, it's impossible, or the, you know, the stories that I saw covered anyways, it's impossible not to have it stand out to you that it is not uh, Crompton Park neighbors, plural, but a Crompton Park neighbor. Okay. I don't know why, why, why would it... If you're if you're a journalist or you're covering a story, why would you need, feel the need to puff it up a little bit as opposed to saying, "Hey, look, there's another man yelling at a cloud over here, and uh, we're gonna fill we're gonna fill some pages with that." Well, in this case, this is, looks like this person in the article is saying that they are speaking on behalf of others. So, unless in, I mean, I you know, you could say Crompton Park. Often, I speak on behalf of the others in my head, right? Like, I mean, it, that doesn't me- give it any sort of great validity. That's not, yeah. Well, anyway, um, yeah, it is a little bit, yeah. But, a, but a, it was a bummer to read anyway, so because folks both on the city side and uh, the, uh, the the skateboarding community have put a lot of effort into this project, and it's it's kind of a bummer to see it start getting derailed on nonsense complaints uh, that don't even match up with reality. I'll tell you, I'll tell you something that I thought found actually was a pretty interesting article. Despite drop in homelessness. Advocates say work must be constant. So Cyrus Moulton, A, thank you for writing this good article. B, this is a dumb headline. Nobody's going to be like, oh, yeah, homelessness is down 5%. And so everybody's like, who cares Back about it? Up, it? Boys. We're quitting We're working on here. homelessness. That's the end. We, so, you know, Brendan, we cured a guy with cancer. 
What are we doing any more cancer research or treatment? It's a waste of time. Off to coronaviruses. Um, but man, these numbers are gigantic. This is over the last year, and this is, um, I think that this is based on like the the point in time survey that they do every year, where they look on uh, one night in January. And they say how many people are sleeping outside and um, or how many people are otherwise homeless in the city. And um, it's sort of a fascinating, um, especially like the number of people outside. The number of people who are legit sleeping outside in the city of Worcester is usually like uh, the low, low double digits. It's sure. like usually less than 20. But there are on the coldest day of the year, like 10, 15, 20 people sleeping in the woods in Worcester, which is nuts. Um, but compared to 2018, these these drops are huge from 2018 to 2019. Uh, showing tw- 2018 to 2019, but for some reason, this is very strange. I don't. I mean, they should have the number from 2020 here, I guess. Anyway, yeah. From, yeah so from t- uh, 2018 to 2019, not this past year, but the previous year, we saw the number of homeless in the state down eight percent, the number of homeless people in the county down 14 percent, and the number of homeless people in the city down 19 percent. And there's a little bit of speculation in this article as to why this might be. Um, you know, one obvious thing you could say is like, well, the economy's been good. And the economy being good is the kind of thing that affects uh, people, other people who are like homeless and can afford housing and whatever. But man, like 20% in a year is gigantic. The economy's yeah. not like that good. It's, you know, it's not like gold coins are raining down from heaven. Do you, um, I mean, you, you spend a fair amount of time working with folks in and out of homelessness. Sure. Do, do you feel that the, the method they use to track those numbers is uh, is appropriate? Like if you're going to just pick a, a day and say, hey, we're going to count people today. <laughs> yeah, like, I think that- so. I think so. I mean, whenever you're talking about how many people are homeless in Worcester and you want to get technical about it, right? you got to start coming up with like, technical definitions for things. And so mm-hmm. you got to start saying, well, how do you draw the line? Um, that's just because you want to have numbers that you can compare year to year. And so, you know, you could say that some of the stuff is arbitrary and you could say that not all this stuff is super accurate. Uh, it seems reasonable enough to me. Honestly, when I think about the mustard seed, the number of people that we've had eating at the mustard seed has gone down uh, huh. measurably in the last year, year and a half. Even as the mustard seed itself, I think, has become a much calmer and better run uh, establishment. Uh, I mean, it's not like the mustard seed has gone to hell and people are leaving because of that. Right, right, right. Um, and so, so seeing that there's like 20% less homeless, I mean, not everybody who eat there is homeless, but like there's a correlation there. So, so maybe that's a better question to ask. Like, it, so like at the, at the mustard seed, like you must see people come and go uh, over time and whatnot. It, it, you're not getting the sense people are just disappearing, right? We're not like seeing some sort of, like a oh. nefarious plan like in L.A. or uh, New York City where they're just putting people on, on planes or, or buses shipping folks out of town because it is a substantial drop. Are you are you able to get the sense that like somebody who stopped showing up the mustard seed on a regular basis, you see them six months later and, hey, maybe something good happened in their life and they don't need that particular service again? Like it, I mean, that happens all the time. Like if I, I mean, all the time, I will not see somebody for six months or even a year, year and a half. And then I say, hey, Brendan, I haven't seen you for six months. I mean, I always usually say, is this for positive reasons or negative right, reasons? Because right. half the time it's you're like, well, hey, like I got a job. I got housing. I got, you know, I'm staying with my brother and doing this and that. And I just came back through town and just to say hi. And then half the time it's like, yeah, I've been in jail for something, you know. I guess that's what goes back to why I was asking if you think that the the method they use for 
counting uh, homeless population is valid because it's, I mean, obviously it sounds similar to the census, right? Like it's a, it's a the methodology is sound, except sure. in the case of the census, we have known addresses that we can go to or hypothetical uh, locations where people might be able to live uh, that we can go to. In this case, it seems we're relying upon um, a group of people uh, assuming they know where the city's homeless population is and where they should be looking. It just, it strikes me as there, there's a much greater room for error in that, uh, in that case. There may be, I mean, if there's problems with it, I'm not knowledgeable enough to yeah. be able to judge those problems. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I thought that that was cool. I mean, we also see that, uh, this article attempted murder charge in stabbing outside Worcester smoke shop. I mean, I don't know. That's a, just a bad corner. That's been a bad corner no matter what business has been there. I don't know that mentioning that it's outside the smoke shop is relevant. That seemed, I don't know. If I was the smoke shop, I would be frustrated. I would feel defamed. Um, I mean, I don't know anything about this murder. I wasn't stabbed, nor did I try to stab anybody. So Dirty for all smoke. I know, it's all about the smoke shop. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh we have it's something else we could comment on. We talked about this in the past. Worcester Roman Catholic Diocese reports nearly one point five million dollar deficit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and last last year we also saw a deficit, unsurprisingly, or maybe surprisingly, but unsurprisingly. Like I'm looking at twenty eighteen versus twenty nineteen. Um, what am I noticing in twenty nineteen versus twenty eighteen? Well, we ordained three priests in twenty nineteen, and as far as I can tell, according to this paper, maybe none in twenty eighteen. So that's like a good non-financial change. I'm going to um, assume that the compensation package for those priests, though, uh, is nowhere near 1.5 million dollars. I no. I mean, okay. I mean, you know, like what are what are the, what do we see when we look at the, this 2019? Well, one thing that we see is we see that the donations are are uh, are somewhat lower. The annual appeal donations are somewhat lower um, in this year than last year. Although then there's also this thing about. Last year has a little line, less uncollected pledges, and this year doesn't have this. So maybe it's a little lower in part because they're just rolling the uncollected part into the total collected part and thus making the total collected part a little bit lower. I don't know. I look at these these things and all I realize is like why I'm not a CPA because <laughs> I can read them until I cannot read them anymore. Um, I mean, we, I mean, like... And even the Telegram and Gazette article on this is somewhat frustrating. It just sort of, it sort of echoes what the uh, what the little what the little summary here says, but it doesn't give like a lot of other uh, context for it, man. Like, I mean, a lot of the, there's a big there's a big deficit in the um, in the Catholic schools in Worcester, and they're yeah. consolidating some schools, and that should that that consolidation may be on the scale that it uh, gets things. That's going to be really Back interesting to watch, black. too. I mean, the, the consolidation of uh, St. Peter Marian High School and Holy Name High School, uh, which is going to start as soon as next, the beginning of the next school year. Yes. That's the plan to have that together. Um, Tell me why that will be interesting. Well, it's, well, I think it's going to be one of those times where it's it's almost like shutting a, a church. And like we've seen yes. happen a couple times this in the last few years where, um, you know, the diocese makes the decision to shutter a facility because, like, nobody's going, right? Like, attendance is, is, is way low or, you know, huge uh, infrastructure issues. But because the attendance has decreased so much, it doesn't make sense to keep up with those infrastructure issues and whatnot. So we're going to shutter a church. But that's also when you see, like, the emotional attachment come out. 
And I mean, you're talking yes. about high schools, so like in, in a city that is uh, still a little bit behind the curve in terms of higher education attainment and high school means a lot to people and your allegiance to a high school and Holy sure. Name and St. Peter's are two uh, huge forces in, uh, in, in the high school system around here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're the, obviously the two uh, Catholic high schools and are run by the diocese in Worcester. It's kind of funny just in my Facebook feed, like watching the folks that have, that went to either bickering over, you know, which, which school should be the, uh, the one to absorb the other and what have you. Um, but yeah, it, it, I mean, it speaks to a bunch, I think the bigger issue, which the, the, an article like this, I think it almost gives you the opportunity or a way to skirt around uh, presenting the obvious, which is there are fewer people engaged in the thing that is struggling. And that's kind of why it's struggling at the end of the day, right? Like overall, uh, you're, you're not creating a lot of new generations of people coming into the Catholic Church. Uh, the numbers overall are, are decreasing on the younger end of things. Uh, yes. You're going to see that obviously on the, on, the, on the education side of things more than, than anything else. I feel like the problem with a story like this, it almost presents it as a mystery. Like we have no idea what's going on here. It's uh, you know, we're, 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 we're in the hole. We can't figure it out. It's yeah. Like, Cause people aren't engaging in your activity anymore. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and that's true. I mean, I'll say this though, is that like in this, this is, this specifically is talking about the diocese. It's not necessarily talking about all of the constituent parishes who have, some of them are doing good and some, some of them are, doing are not great. doing yeah. good. But they they are not on this balance sheet. This is like like they interact with this balance sheet, and mm-hmm. that the diocese expects some money from them and gives them money or loans them money whenever things are going bad for them. Um, but uh, uh, th- yeah, so this isn't like the Catholic Church in Worcester. This is w- one level of the Catholic Church in Worcester. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, in that case, like you could you could see you could see a place where like the parishes were not doing so great because. Catholic church attendance is not doing so great, but that the diocese was being run on the di- on the bishop's level was being run spectacularly fiscally responsibly, and so the diocese was actually doing great mm-hmm. uh, every year. So th- th- those things are probably connected, but they don't have to be that tightly connected. Um, one thing this makes me think about is um, I'm going to bring up the uh, bring up the clergy abuse scandals, even though it's uh, I mean it's obviously it's not an unrelated issue, but you know it's a little bit crazy to. Uh, it's, it's kind of like bringing up the Holocaust. It's a pretty extreme thing to bring up. But, you know, back in the 80s, I believe, um, there was a bunch of Catholic laymen, influential Catholic laymen, who put together a report, a confidential report, to the U.S. bishops saying, it seems like we have some clergy abuse problems. Uh, it seems like we have a lot of clergy abuse problems. And maybe uh, the time to take action is now um, and start to do things like while while they can still be done on our terms because otherwise uh this is going to be a real mess um it'd be like like or i should say it's going to be a real mess and nobody wants to pull this particular band-aid off because this is a band-aid covering like 90 percent of your body but let me tell you you don't pull this band-aid off you're not going to like it when in 20 years it's covering 99 percent of your body and somebody else pulls that band-aid off and, sure. s- and so it, so it came to pass you understand in part why they, I mean, there's a lot of reasons they didn't do that in this case, you have to wonder about like, like if like if you were a bishop and you didn't have a lot of emotional attachment to the diocese, what would like your blue sky solution be? What would your solution be if you could just be a bishop and tell people what to do and they would just do what you said because it was a hierarchical organization? 
you know, if you didn't have to worry about like, oh, people will be upset if you close this school, like, would you have closed this school five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 mm -hmm. years ago? Would you close half the parishes, you know, now? Would you close 10% of the parishes now? Like, like, there's a lot of decisions where you're making something which is not a long-term or even a medium-term smart financial decision because you got to have the Catholics of the diocese more or less behind you, not in complete revolt. Um, and so you can't do stuff like shut down parishes and do things that people have a lot of emotional attachment to just because it's going to help make your finances better. Mm -hmm. But, um, I mean, I have to, I have to think it would make both finances better and make the organization stronger. Uh, if you could just make those changes, if you could just say we have way too many facilities well, yeah. for the number of people that we're dealing with and let's just like close a bunch of them. But you know, again, you can't do that. The emotional attachment makes that hard, but it, what's interesting, I think if you look at the, the two big uh, deficit lines here uh, that kind of gets you to the overall uh, problem deficit. It, it is the, you know, the, the deficit caused by the, the, the Catholic schools, uh, which is 1.1 million and the uh, deficit caused by priest retirements. You look at those two things. It's not too dissimilar from any other organization that is struggling uh, and retracting in terms of where their liabilities start hurting them more than anything else. To your point, yeah. Like there are fewer people going seeking uh, Catholic education, right? Like you don't have to like that and you don't have to agree with it. It's just a simple matter of fact that since the economy uh, downturn around 2008 or so, people paying for private uh, religious education has decreased substantially. Uh, and then also you've got, like you just made the, uh, a mention when you're uh, opening this up about how, hey, we get brought three new priests online and didn't do that the year before. It's supporting priests in retirement is getting more expensive. Well, and actually, there's fewer funds coming in to support the priests that are already in retirement. I'll say this. I mean, like, I mean, the fact that that's a big like part of the fact that that's a big part of the balance sheet underfunded is pension a sign that right? like, <laughs> the fact that that's a large part of the balance sheet is a sign that like it's a large part of what's going on. But that deficit actually was worse last year. Mm -hmm. It's gotten it's gotten a lot better. Um, so then the school side would be the the school more significant. side. The school side. The school side would seem to be the more significant thing. Again, like I can barely understand what's going on on some of this stuff. So I don't know how the school side is important is. too because I feel like a lot of the. Uh, Catholic education uh, in Worcester, Worcester County, if you go back a full generation, uh, from its outset until about a generation ago, it, it was targeted like working class um, fo Catholic folks. It was like a reasonably priced sort of uh, education opportunity. Yeah, That's changed a lot in the sense that those folks are either, when you look at the numbers, right, you have a, a lot of private schools to choose from if private school is where you want to be headed. Um, and also you've got a lot of people who are just staying in the public schools, which you're going to hit me with that by, in the next story, pointing out that our enrollment in the public schools all, is way down as well. There. Um, but it's, uh, when you look at the Catholic schools, the ones that, that don't seem to be struggling, and they're all struggling, it, it, relatively speaking, when you look at the ones that don't seem to be struggling as bad, it seems as though they've made a change to be more like a preparatory school, um, not necessarily secondary to the fact that they're uh, a Catholic, they're providing a Catholic education, uh, but that the focus is more drawing from a wider pool um, and being more competitive uh, beyond just say like the working class, the middle class uh, throughout Worcester County. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll say one thing, one maybe one last thing on this, which is um, 
you know, like I just to reiterate, like this is not Catholic. This is not a balance sheet for Catholic Worcester. Mm -hmm. And like when you look at, I mean, you know, you know, of all these, however it is, what's the total on here? Twenty million dollars or something? I don't know. Um, you know, um, Catholic Charities like is like three hundred fifty thousand mm -hmm. dollars of this. But things like, and you think like, well, that's actually not that much money. That's like seven people, seven salaries, yep. people, seven salaries for people. Um, but things like St. John's Food for the Poor or mm -hmm. any of these other large Catholic charity things that you have going on in the city, this isn't on this. Right, right, this right. Is, that's a nonprofit which is associated with the parish, and neither the parish's finances nor that nonprofit's finances are on this. So there's a lot of organizations like that. And a lot of those organizations actually are doing uh, pretty good. Like I'm... Um, this is not true of the mustard seed, let me be clear, but I'm associated with other non-diocesan local Catholic organizations yes. who all the time get checks in the mail, which is like, the bishop can go to hell, here's some money, <laughs> you know? And like, this is like, this is part of the deal is that people hate the bishops. Yeah. I mean, the bishops, the people who hate the bishops the least are the bishops, but the bishops also hate the bishops, Right. but everybody hates hates the bishops. Mm -hmm. um, and so like, uh, they're always, you know, they do stuff like they put like a picture of mother Teresa or whatever on the bishop's appeal mm -hmm. for the, for the di diocesan funding thing here. They even change it from like the bishop's appeal at some point. Cause they're just like, ah, oh, forget it. Don't right. bring him. Don't bring that guy into it. It's not no reflection on Robert McManus, like whoever else they put in here, people would hate because he was the Catholic Bishop of Worcester in 2020. Right. The people are just so frustrated with things on that level. I mean, look at stuff like Mount Carmel, uh, you know, like there's whatever, however many thousand uh, people in the city of Worcester who have an emotional attachment to that, to that church who would presumably kick in a few bucks. Right. Uh, for the bishop, who are again are just like you know what I would kick in money if it would send the bishop straight to hell. Other I, than that, I'm not interested in any diocesan things involving the bishop. I'd be really curious too, where because I mean you mentioned um, sex abuse in uh, liabilities briefly. You mentioned that there are so many other things too that the diocese or or the bishops, I should say, not the Worcester diocese, but the bishops themselves uh, have gotten involved in politically that over the last decade, they're always on the losing side of, but they're very public about their involvement in. Uh, so when you look at like marijuana, right? Like you're spending a million bucks to, you're basically spending our, our deficit in Worcester uh, to oppose ballot questions on legalizing weed, right? Or, um, you know, spending money on uh, opposing like the right to die bill uh, that we are um, a ballot question that we had uh, sometime back in Massachusetts. It seems as though, to your point, uh, that, the send the bishop to hell uh, contingent, it's very possible that they're just getting frustrated that the, the, the diocese, uh, and not just the Worcester diocese, all the collective dioceses, just aren't speaking uh, for them anymore uh, from a, a political perspective as well, which, if I'm not mistaken, weren't they supposed to not be speaking to anybody uh, or for anybody on a political perspective? But that's neither here nor there. You know, um, I was thinking about, as far as sex abuse stuff on here, like, I don't... I couldn't. I looked as well. I couldn't find. I a, see a Office legal. for Healing and Prevention. Office of Healing and Prevention. Man, I don't know enough about the diocese honestly to be talking about this. As everybody who knows about the diocese has been screaming this whole episode. Do you happen I to have an Office uh, of Healing and Prevention? One hundred seventy thousand dollars. That's got to be stuff involving sex abuse prevention. Any idea what the balance sheet for Scientology looks like? I don't have any idea. No. Oh, I'll, I'll say also. We, we need know, to bring that. We need to compare and com contrast because I think this is further proof that one of us needs to get up and, and start a cult because people still need something to believe in, Mike. I just don't think this is the thing that they need to believe in anymore. Um, 
you know, we have like, uh, uh, we also have like, I don't know, something like a million dollars. Sorry, I, why did I even start talking about this? There's also, there's also, there's also a big chunk of money in here that has to do with, um, uh, it has to do with like, find like servicing loans. Um, and I'm not going to be able to find this to say how big this chunk of money is. Um, the church is $164,000 in legal. Oh, this, that's Mount Carmel. I mean, it also just mentions that Mount Carmel is just like a total, like a total disaster area financially. Our Lady of Mount Carmel and that, and that merged parish, Our Lady of Mount Carmel plus Our Lady of Mount Loretto featuring Lady of Our Lady of Mount Mar Loretto is not doing great. Uh, anyway, that's the, 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 you know, I don't know. It drives me crazy. I'll tell you what drives me crazy. I'll say, you tell you something where I can totally like, uh, critique these reports, which is that I am smart. I'm a smart, let me say, I'm smart enough, mm -hmm. Brendan. I know how to read these balance sheets. Basically mm -hmm. I have take done correspondence study courses in accounting <laughs> and done fine on them. I know math. Um, I understand something about how the Catholic church works in Worcester and yet I can look at this and I can read your little summary letter, bro, to uh, dear friends in Christ. I hope I'm your friend in Christ. I feel like I am. I don't understand based on reading your letter what's going on. Yeah. Uh, you know, like you tell me stuff. It's not like it's all empty words. This is all talking about stuff, but none of this stuff is like executive summary. Here's what's up financially. Yeah. And maybe it's just because the situation is complicated, which... Forget it. I don't want to hear that. I want you to hear. Tell me, like, oversimplifying the situation, comma. This is what's up financially. The diocese is in need of a bailout, Mike. Vatican, get on that. I mean, the the Vatican is probably in need of a bailout, man. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, Brendan, Brent crude oil is sixty dollars a barrel, down seven percent on the week and down one percent on the year. Bitcoin is ninety three hundred dollars, up nine percent on the week and up one hundred and seventy two percent. On the year. If only we could run our cars on Bitcoin, Mike. If only we could run our cars on Bitcoin. Man, I don't even know what the, like, I feel like the, um, just looking at these headlines, I feel like the, the plot line in, 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 early, in the early season of 2020 for this program, television program, the Worcester television program, not the 508 program, is uh, that we're just kind of like giving a sense of normalcy. Like, it may be a false sense of normalcy, but it's like a sense of normalcy. It's like, oh, the diocese is losing money still. Uh this is happening. That's happening. Uh, people want to build a skate park someplace. And then everybody who lives nearby is like, no, 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 no. Don't build anything anywhere. Don't do any of this kind of stuff. People want to move the welfare office. No, no, no. Don't do this. Don't do this. Um, uh, yeah. And that, but then, you know, what's going to, I mean, like next week, like it's going to happen, you know, like, Mike, like not Mike O'Brien, like maybe Mike O'Brien will come back. Mike O'Brien can come back. You're gonna break a, ground on the skate park, and I'm they're gonna, gonna, gonna open up a portal to you know another dimension. That's yeah. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say Ed Augustus's uh, evil twin, uh, Abraham Lincoln Augustus, <laughs> or maybe his good twin, Abraham Lincoln Augustus, is gonna come on the show, and we're gonna be like Ed Augustus has a has a twin, has a shadow side twin. We had, had no, no idea. idea. He has bad hair. He's short. It's a different governance style. He's a poor public speaker, but yet, you know. And through it all, Gary Rosen will remain. Gary Rosen doesn't have, I mean, Gary, Gary Rosen doesn't have a shadow side. <laughs> Gary Rosen is a very integrated individual. You can say one thing for that man. Yeah. 
Yeah. Any word on Gary's uh, uh, plan to uh, make the buses free? You got any updates on that one? He's on. He's on the WRTA advisory board now, yeah. officially. So maybe it could happen. I don't know. Maybe it could happen. Uh, yeah. Have you been enjoying 2020 so far? I've slept through most of it so far. Has there been a lot of snow? Uh, about what's outside right now. Here we get it. While you're gone, you'll get a couple inches. Yeah. Then we melted yeah. it. I mean, I just, I get, getting these, get, as I was hanging out in tropical, beautiful Puerto Rico, I was getting these uh, texts from the city, which were like, the city shut down due to snow or whatever. And uh, every time I would just be like, ah, did you have a rental car uh, while you're down there? We did have a rental car. So yeah. That would be really fun. That's what we should ask all Worcester residents to do that. Like, so if you're on vacation, you have a rental car and you get a text message about uh, a winter parking ban, observe the ban wherever you happen to be in the world. So like if you just, oh, start, yeah. it'd be really fun for you just to start screwing with, with folks in Puerto Rico by observing the winter parking ban. People uh, are like, yeah. people are like, there's a parking spot over there on the left side of the street. And it's like, no, I'm from Worcester. We don't do that. Not you, today. You're in the middle of Puerto Rico. You start putting like a chair out in the middle of the road to hold your space. That's, oh man, yeah, that wouldn't work. Those people, That's how we should spread Worcester around the world. Only Worcester. Chairs what, and parking spots. I feel spots. like only Worcester's crazy enough that people tolerate that chair nonsense. Anywhere else. Have you ever been world? to Boston? Do, do they do the chairs in Boston? Oh, they, yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's militant out there. Like, people, like, fight over them. I shouldn't yeah. say only Worcester's crazy enough. I should say only Massachusetts is crazy enough, that, maybe, yes. for that. Providence the probably a little bit, chair, too. The stupid chair thing. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel, uh, you know, I feel a positive, like, I feel a positive vibe. Just, like, seeing the lack of total um, chaos over the last two weeks, like, I feel a positive vibe about that. It's interesting being down in Puerto Rico, where, obviously, they're still recovering from hurricane damage. There's been just like a crazy number of earthquakes in Puerto Rico mm -hmm. over the last month, like hundreds of measurable earthquakes uh, and a handful of damaging earthquakes. Yep. There was a there was a 5.0 while I was there that knocked out the power where we were staying, you know, which is not like, woe is me, but was like, wow, like there's just this ongoing infrastructural damage happening. Mm -hmm. um, and it, in some ways it reminded me of like uh, Worcester and our the Worcester's continued inability to like not be able to deal with snow. Again, like just like dealing with snow, but it's like, man, like it, it just feels, it's like if you were, imagine a tropical con country where every time it rained, they had to shut down the schools. Right. You would be like, you guys got to get some umbrellas or some roofs or something. You can't <laughs> run, you can't not have a society that's like that. But Worcester remains a place where every time there's a significant snowfall, it's like a miniature crisis. We're at the point, I think, where you can make the argument we were better off with snow when the way we dealt with it was like a bunch of, guys in tweed coats and like half broken farm equipment just went out to the street and like cleared it all up themselves with shovels. There was no municipal snow removal. It seemed like there was a more efficient way of getting things done. Honestly, this is probably, I mean, this may be the kind of thing, uh, maybe a little bit related to climate change in that maybe the ultimate solution involves us having, uh, tech, the, te the technological option to pick a good solution mm -hmm. that maybe we're not there yet. And that battery and motor technology continuing to advance at some point, Tesla is just going to come out with this really sweet, like a yeah, snow Roomba, like this $2,000 snow Roomba. Yeah. And you're basically, it's just basically going to like cruise around your sidewalk of your block and just plow it out in like two and a half minutes. And the city is just going to buy a couple of these and it's just going to be a total game changer. As if anyone plowing. at Technicopia is listening, I think that would be a good project that I'd be happy to, support in some way, but like a Roomba with a flamethrower on it. 
Like a I mean, flamethrower room. You know, well, like, I'll, I'll, let me say this. As was pointed out during, during a waterproof flamethrower Roomba would be that would be the solution. So this was like two, like two years ago in Boston. You know, I think it was two years ago was the time when there was had been so much snowfall that like they were it was running five out of years places ago. To it was actually right now. Yeah, it was five, it was five years, years ago, ago and they were running. Out, they were started. running that big storm where they were like running out of places to put the snow. And I remember the Globe or somebody ran a beautiful article saying like. Why not flamethrowers? And you just, if you run the numbers, the answer is that um, it takes a lot of energy to melt water. Yeah. Uh, much more energy than it does to push the water around, mm-hmm. even pushing it around for long distances. It just takes the, 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 the melting, the energy of whatever for water is incredibly high. So even if Elon Musk delivers us our, our tests, our Roomba, snow Roomba, it's not going to involve flamethrowers. Yeah. Not even electrical flamethrowers. But I think that's just the natural way of humans thinking that whether it be snow removal or war or re- weed removal, at some point in time, some jackass is going to step up to the mic and say, hey, why not fire? And it's, mean, just, it's an easy default for it. It's the, it was really our first invention. Uh, and it's just the one I think it's our go-to when times get tough. I'm going to try to say, think in the positive in 2020. And let me just think positive and say, you know what? Just because it doesn't make any sense... Uh, um, thermodynamically mm-hmm. doesn't mean you can't do it. You can have the snow Roomba and you can have the little flamethrower on there and it's really not doing anything and it's a gigantic waste of time and energy, but it's pretty sweet and yeah. it helps people want to buy it more if it has a flamethrower on it. So sure, throw it'll a totally help on there. It'll help keep the raccoons away from your garbage when you when you break the rules and put that out the night before trash pickup instead of uh, the morning of. I just realized this, Tesla Calliope. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Where is that? Yeah. Where's that? All right. Man, this show is just it just can't get dumb at times. We 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 were done twenty five <laughs> minutes ago, Mike. Um, that's all for this episode. We'll see you next time, and we have a special guest next time. It's going to be a very exciting show. We'll see you next time, and remember, Worcester, you can bench more than you think you can.